Good afternoon. Thank you once again for joining me. Julian Campbell here. We've got another interesting show lined up for you this week. A bit later in the program, as usual, we'll have our Minute on Innovation with Christina Sikiotis from the Hunter TAFE. We're also talking with uh, Brett Gleeson from the Business Growth Centre about uh, some of those changes that are happening with registration of business names. But right now we're going to have a chat with Andrew Shakespeare from the JSA Group about the importance of teamwork for business growth. Good afternoon, Andrew. Good afternoon, Julian. Thanks for having me on the show. Well, thank you for joining us. Uh, and a very interesting subject, business growth relating to teamwork. So uh, in, in a business, where do you believe the uh, business growth has come from over the past few years? Yeah, I think, look, there's been a, a few external factors that have been uh, out in the environment, things like high Australian dollar, you know, changes of government legislation, and also, I guess, the changes in demand of the consumer. Um, so I think, I, I guess, a lot of firms have probably had to uh, really re-engineer what they do or revitalise their product or service. And I know from our experience, we've seen a dramatic shift over the past sort of 10 years or so of the needs of the clients and what they want, I guess, out of uh, a financial services advisor. Um, you know, the firms that have moved with the times have probably found that growth has come from not just simply, um, uh, I guess, stealing market share, but, but also probably just appealing to a wider audience. Mm. Um, and it's meant that um, you know we've been able to sort of work with clients, I guess, that never thought about using us in the past, which is great from our perspective. I think other firms are really fine that as well. Uh, probably the other second, probably the other side is that um, uh, you know there's a lot of, from our perspective, we're probably working more smartly with a lot of other professional advisors out there, so uh, the accountants, solicitors, uh, you know, banks, etc. And we've sort of found we've, if we tailor our offering or our service offering that also complements their services, uh, you can generally find there's a, there's a bit of a, I guess, hunting in packs, I guess, or um, uh, mm. working together as a bit of a team. So it's, uh, it's worked really well, yeah. Well, you mentioned the word team there, and, and obviously you've got different departments within your organisation. How do you ensure that each of the section of a business is undertaking its role to bring, bring it all together for the clients? Yeah, no, good question. I mean, probably about the same time we thought about revitalising our services, we uh, also took on a massive project around re-engineering, I guess, our back office. And um, we invested a lot of time and effort in mapping out each of our processes, procedures, internal policies. And uh, and then we started to really add an extra layer on top of that around automating the process and uh, passing on of tasks autom- automatically from one team member to the next. Um, and it means from a, from our perspective, we know exactly where we are with a project or with a client's project, if we're running over or under capacity, if a team member needs help, etc. Um, and I guess like a lot of businesses out there, unfortunately the clients don't see how much hard work has gone in the background mm. to make it running so smoothly. So uh, I guess they would find out if we didn't run it that way how, uh, how poor it would be. But um, um, So probably having a proper internal structure in place is sort of, also made things like acquisitions a lot more appealing for us as well. So, well, yeah. you mentioned there that it's all run smoothly, but has it all run smoothly? No, definitely not. Uh, in the early days, it was often uh, easy for one of our, or our team just to simply go back to the old ways of, uh, of doing things because at the time it seemed a lot quicker to do the old ways and easier to do. And I think a lot of firms probably come up against that barrier initially where they've they feel like the old ways are probably working best. But um, once you sort of start to see the fruits of the labour and the benefits of, of doing it in a new sort of um, structure and more efficient way, even just consolidating systems instead of using multiple databases, you know, just consolidating it all together, uh, I think you start to get a lot of people buying into it. And, um, you know, now when it's humming along after, say, five years or so, we're really starting to see uh, all those gains come through from efficiency, but also from an uh, effectiveness point of view to the delivery to the client. Um, 
you go. Sorry. No, that's right. Well, there's, there's, you've got two distinct teams that you've mentioned there. You've got, you've got your internal teams, uh, which obviously work with your, with your systems that you're talking about, but you've also got your external teams, uh, with the, the, the alliances that you have. Um, how do you get all that working together? Yeah, it's, it's, it's an interesting one. It's not as easy as the internal side because obviously you've got more, a lot more control internally. Uh, I, I know within our group we've got some, we've actually brought on board or um, I guess invested our, um, our time and uh, capital into um, building other professionals, externals like accountants and uh, mortgages side within our, our side. But um, we still work with a lot of external uh, parties out there with uh, accountants, solicitors, etc. And uh, quite often, um, just trying to coordinate the whole project with the, uh, you know, with a with a client's project with those other externals can be quite difficult. But I think if you're pretty open up front with the with the other professionals and actually um, you're you're outlining what you expect of them, what the trust is, if there's a project timeline in place as well, um, you can get through some activities pretty well. So, give you an instance, if I um, say I advise a client to say, purchase a property through a self-managed super fund, I need to make sure the accountant's on top of it, I need to make sure the solicitor's on top of it, I need to make sure the, you know, the broker or the bank's on top of it, the general insurance broker. Um, and if one area falls down, then everything sort of falls down, the client doesn't actually get a good experience. So, uh, And lastly, I guess working as a team um, not only enhances the client experiences, but also found that working with other professionals as well, they're actually referring work back to us our way. So it's another actual growth opportunity there. Mm. And I suppose that uh, trust plays a very important role in in all of this. Yeah, most definitely. Uh, look, I think trust between external teams and uh, with other parties out there, especially in a place like Newcastle, um, you know, it's the core of the relationship. I believe um, it, you know meshes it all together. So, you know, as soon as I lose confidence uh, in another party not being able to deliver to my client's needs, then immediately I find it difficult to refer. And I no doubt other professionals are exactly the same opinion. And I guess for that reason, it's very important to ensure that uh, our internal team with our processes uh, and who we work with externally are dealing with clients with uh, you know, common things such as integrity, ethically, they're dealing with them with honesty. Um, and I know that's sort of part of our principles and we like to align ourselves with, uh, with other parties that have got the same principles. And as I said, in a place like Newcastle, <laughs> you know, it's probably more, even more important to ensure yeah, well, uh, next week you're uh, speaking at the uh, Hunter Business Development Forum, uh, and uh, next Wednesday is that right? Yeah, next Wednesday morning at seven a.m. I believe. And you're speaking about this subject, uh, growing your business uh, through the importance of teamwork. So exactly. uh, obviously, yeah. you're expanding on all of those points for us. No, it should be good. I'll go through a lot about a lot more about the internal teamworks as well. It should be good. Great. Well, thanks very much for your time, Andrew. No. And we'll talk to you again another time. Thanks, Julian. Thank you. Bye-bye. Andrew Shakespeare there from the uh, JSA Group. Uh, as he is, as I said, he's speaking next week at the uh, Hunter Business Hunter the Business Development Forum at the Hunter Business Chamber. So, uh, finding out more about uh, developing your teamwork. And you're listening to Business, the Law, and You on Two NURFM one hundred three point seven. Twenty three minutes past one. Time to pop over to the Business Growth Centre and have a chat with Brett Gleeson. Good afternoon, Brett. Yeah, hi, Julian. Thanks for joining us again. We missed you last week. 
Oh, that's very nice to. Uh, but Jason, yeah, Jason so did a good job in your place. I'm sure he did. I'm sure he did. <laughs> so, so the, we need to talk today about uh, these changes that are happening with business names. Uh, recently, the uh, federal government uh, introduced the National Business Names Service. Why did they do that? Well, yeah, they did that at the end of May, and it's a part of the the national reform agenda. Um, it's about the streamlining uh, of of services and making it easier for uh, for businesses. And currently, if you've got a a business in in several states, then you've got to register um, business names in each state, and that becomes very uh, cumbersome, as it seems like an unnecessary thing to do. So, um, the streamlining means that uh, there's one national business names register, uh, and uh, You'll just have to do it once, uh, and uh, it'll cover the whole of Australia. Oh, okay. That well makes it easier, doesn't it? And that's through it does. uh, through ASIC now, isn't it? It is. Yeah, the Australian uh, Securities Investment Commission have got this uh, service called uh, ASIC Connect, uh, and uh, you go onto that uh, website, which is asic.gov.au, uh, and click on ASIC Connect, and the um, the service is, is there online, uh, and it's. Uh, Reportedly, a very uh, fairly simple, easy, easy process to do, uh, and uh, stops you having to worry about doing it in every every single state. Well, I suppose the first question that a lot of people were going through their minds is, uh, what will happen to my existing name? Yeah, the existing names will continue, uh, and if you've got uh, businesses in several states, then they will be on the register several times, once for each each state. Uh, they might have the same, or could have a different uh, expiry date. Uh, so you could be on there a few times, or um, you, know, you might find that someone else in another state has exactly the same name as that you currently have, uh, and that will get sorted out over time. Uh, I know Business Growth Centre, for example, is registered in uh, in West Australia, Victoria, and uh, South Australia, I think it is. So in time, we'll, that will get sorted out. Uh, but um, if you're there and your name's there several times, what I suggest you do is uh, cancel the ones that are about to expire uh, the earliest uh, and you keep the one that's there with the longest expiry. That means you maximise um, uh, the time you've got on the register before you need to renew renew that and you can renew for one or three years but um, there's a discount if you go for three years but uh, over time you can either just leave them there and they'll get cancelled or you can, apply, you can actually apply to have them cancelled uh, or they'll just lapse once if they're not renewed. Mm. It's, it's interesting that... Uh we could still now have that uh, same name in different states, as you've said. Um, I'm surprised they haven't in- introduced uh, putting it in brackets, you know, New South Wales in brackets or something just to differentiate. I think that probably will come. I think for yeah. the next step, once they work through this, I would expect that uh, it would be Business Growth Centre in brackets, New South Wales, and then Victoria or Queensland or whatever state you're in. If, if there is a very, same, very much the same name, uh, then they've got to have some way of distinguishing that, um, and I would think that's probably going to be the next step. So if I'm starting a new business now, do I have to register the business name? Under certain circumstances, you you, you should, um, unless you're actually using your exact name uh, as as the, the name of your business, uh, then you don't have to. Uh, if you have a company, a registered company, uh, and the company name is the trading name, then you don't have to. Uh, or if you have a partnership and the business name consists of all the partners' names, then you don't have to in that case. But in, in every other case, uh, you need to register uh, your business name. And even if you have a company um, and you have a different trading name, uh, then you need to register that trading name as well. So it's a, uh, a pretty simple process. But first, you've got to have an ABN. Um, 
a Australian business number, uh, and you need to, need to have that first. And once you get that, you can then apply uh, to have your uh, uh, your business name registered because it's going to be linked back to that that ABN. Uh, but you should also, if you're doing this for the first time, check that the name doesn't exist elsewhere. So you can do a uh, a check on on the on the business names either through um, biz.gov. Sorry, business.gov.au uh, or auda.org.au or through ipaustralia.gov.au. Uh, do some checks, and if it doesn't exist, then you can uh, can apply for it to. to um, be added to your uh, your account uh, under uh, AFIC Connect, uh, and everything will be there linked uh, under uh, under your name, and you'll have a what's called a, an AFIC key, which is basically a, just a unique number, a bit like a PIN number, yeah. uh, and they'll be linked link your business name to the individual, basically, so they, they've got that connection. Okay, so uh, if people starting businesses need to find out this sort of information, uh, is that readily available for them? It is. We have a. We, it's, it's, it's available online uh, through through asic.gov.au, uh, but it's also we have a uh, a, a flyer here uh, at the centre, so uh, people can either drop in and get one, or we or give us a call. We can uh, we can post it out to them. Um, and th- you know, this sort of information is very important if you're uh, if you're starting out in business. Uh, this is typically the sort of information that you would do if you did a certificate for in small business management. Mm. Uh, we would go through. Uh, this sort of thing. Uh, we happen to have a, a certificate for in small business management starting on Monday, uh, and we've got some funded places available uh, if people are interested. Uh, we would need to know um, today or tomorrow at the very latest uh, if they want to take up one of those. Uh, there's about four or five places left, so um, a very good course one day a month, uh, and this is the sort of thing that, that you, uh, if you're contemplating starting a small business, uh, this is the sort of thing that you would learn in that in that course and uh, uh, save you a lot of time and energy when you actually and, and wasted uh, wasted money in some cases uh, doing things without um, mm. being sure of all the things that you need to know. Okay, well, thanks very much for your time, uh, Brett, and we'll have a chat next week. I thought we'd have a talk about succession planning again next week. Okay, very good. Okay, we'll talk to you Great. then. Bye bye. Right. Thanks, thanks, Julian. Bye. Brett Gleeson there from the Business Growth Centre. The uh, couple of changes there happening with the business name. Not very much in, for, for in, ch- in terms of the actual process other than it's now being handled by ASIC. Yeah, and at one thirty-two, it's time for us to pop over to Christina Sikiotis, the Hunter TAFE. Good afternoon, Christina. Good afternoon, Julian. How are you? I'm very well. And what have we got for our minute on innovation today? Well, I thought we might talk about assumptions today and the role they play in innovation. I was listening to a great webinar yesterday and Amantha Imber from one of Create and Innovate's partners in Ventium in Melbourne put it very nicely. She said assumptions can actually kill creativity and they do this because they fence in our thinking. One way to beat the assumption monster is to identify just what they are and crush them. Amantha gave a great example of the cardboard roll in toilet paper rolls. Everyone uses them, everyone knows what I'm talking about, and everyone assumes it has to be there. Well, Scott's brand have crushed this assumption and are now making toilet paper without the cardboard rolls. The savings just to the environment are one of the bonuses. Another example would be that a mobile phone had to have buttons to dial numbers, and we all know that Apple certainly killed that assumption when it came up with the iPhone. So a good way of stopping assumptions from getting in the way of great innovations would be to list them as many as possible and then ask the question, what if the opposite was true? 
This question is enough to stimulate creative thinking around making the innovation possible instead of impossible. Some common negative assumptions might be budget, staff, fear of change, risk aversion, supervisors and so on. Amanda actually refers to these as gripes that are brought up in meetings. So combat them, identify them, say them out loud, name them and then ask what if the opposite was possible. Excellent. Well, that's, uh, there's some great examples there, isn't there? There are. And, of course, it's not just the iPhone that's taken away the buttons now. It's the other phones, but you can also speak the numbers now or you speak can. the names. That's right. It's amazing what we're up to, isn't it? Great. We'll have a chat with you again next week. Thanks, Christina. Okay, Julian. Have a great week. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. Christina Sikiotis there with their Minute on Innovation. And yes, those assumptions can certainly cruel innovation, can't they? Well, thank you for being with me for the last half hour. I hope you enjoyed the program. In a moment, Jane Klein will be back with you with more of your easy listening favourites. Next week, I'm going to have a chat with Rebecca McKenzie from Baker Love Lawyers about those changes to skills under the migration scheme. We're also going to have a look at succession planning. Uh, with Brett Gleeson from the Business Growth Centre and of course that Minute on Innovation. I'd love your company at the same time for business, the law and you. Until then, have a safe and prosperous week and as Abraham Lincoln once said, in the end, it's not the years in your life that count, it's the life in your years. <laughs>